believe in God. I want him to come. God to anoint him and use him here today in such a such a special and powerful way. We're honored to have him. We thank him so much. Thank God for our evangelists. Let's give Brother Sanford a good Bendale welcome. This pool field here today. God bless him. Let's give the Lord that hand clap of praise this afternoon. Come on, if you know he's worthy, why don't you just one more time give him a hand clap of praise and lift your voice all over the house. Oh, if you know he's worthy, why don't you praise him? If you're thankful that he came, why don't you give him praise? Amen. Aren't you thankful that he came all those years ago? And he lived his life for one reason, and that was to die on that cross. In fact, Jesus said, no man takes my life, but I lay it down willingly. He was letting those guards know that I may be in your custody, but it's only because I'm allowing you to hold me hostage. And I'm thankful that he came for one reason, and that was to die for our salvation. Amen. And I... It's an honor to be here with you today and give honor to your pastor and his wife and their family and also give honor to this great congregation. And um, we, had, we had scheduled this some time back and uh, as Brother Moore's already alluded to, uh, it has been a, uh, a whirlwind of a few days. And um, to make a long story short, uh, Monday, my wife woke up with very excruciating pain and uh, it continued throughout the day and so I decided to take her to the ER and um, come to find out they, they, they realized something was wrong and so they made a, an appointment with her doctor so I took her Tuesday morning and uh, come to find out that she had a cyst growing along with a tumor and uh, it had become twisted and they said we've got to do an emergency surgery right now we've got to get this taken care of and so uh, Wednesday morning, we went to the doctor or to the hospital. Uh, they had the surgery. The surgery went great. No problems, no complications. And uh, got a visit from the doctor about three hours after the surgery or after we got there. And he said, well, the, the surgery went fine. Uh, but as she was in recovery, she began to have a seizure. And so because of that, we're going to move her to the ICU. And so I moved into that room. And a couple hours later, she had another seizure. And uh, so we spent uh, Wednesday and Thursday in the hospital. And in fact, I was supposed to be here Wednesday night and um, contacted Brother Moore and told him what was going on. And he was very understanding and very gracious. And, um, and then Thursday rolled around. We were able to go home. And um, so it's been a crazy few days to say the least. Um, but uh, she woke up Friday feeling much better. Uh, yesterday was a little bit of a setback. Uh, we've got a uh, scheduled appointment with a neurologist in January uh, just to make sure there's no problems. And uh, as your pastor's already said, I'm believing God's just going to take care of all of it. Amen. And I appreciate your prayers the last few days. And um, we have felt those prayers, and I thank you for that. And uh, I'm just thankful to be among a group of people that know how to get a hold of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I believe that God's going to do something great in this house today. On the last Sunday of the year, why don't we just 
make it a memorial service. And why don't we just set a precipice right now going into the new year? Why don't we just set a standard today going into the new year, 2022, that it's going to be a year of great revival and a great re year of great increase and in harvest. Amen. Amen. And I've got a couple of buddies with me today. Uh, my son, Klein, and Easton. Easton's already fell asleep on me. Um, it's not the first time somebody fell asleep when I got to preaching, but <laughs> it won't be the last either. Uh, but I decided to give mom a little bit of a break, and so they rode with me today, and so I'm glad they're with me. And um, I tell you what, I'm going to skip the Bible reading, and I'm going to get right into this if it's all right. Uh, but I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to tell them the title of my sermon, if you would. Why don't you find somebody and just tell them God is in trouble? Why don't you find somebody else and tell them God is in trouble? <laughs> and now that you're looking at me funny, you better be seated and let me explain this. Thank you for standing. There came a day, the Bible says, when the sons and the daughters of Job were drinking, and when the oxen and the donkeys were plowing, that the Sabians fell upon them and stole the oxen and the donkeys of Job, and then they slew the servants of Job at the edge of a sword. And we then read during that very same day of how fire falls from heaven. And it was this very fire that fell from heaven that consumes the sheep and consumes the servants. But the story doesn't stop there because we then see of how the Chaldeans form three bands of soldiers and lead away the camels of Job. And in the process of this, they slay even more of the servants of Job. And if that wasn't enough, the final messenger comes and tells Job that the very house your sons and daughters were drinking in, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of that house, causing the house to fall, killing everyone inside of that house. And after all of this happened to Job within a 24-hour window, your Bible says that Job sits down and he writes these words, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth as a shadow and continueth not. When Absalom, David's son, began his violent revolution against his father, the Bible tells us about how David fled from his palace in Bethlehem and hid himself in a, des in a cave in the desert. The severity of David's situation is shown to us in even more stunning detail when we read of how Absalom even contemplated sending a 12,000-man army in an attempt to kill his father David. David clearly sees the trouble that he's in. His enemies outnumber him. Their power and influence are continually increasing around him. And beyond all of that, it seems that David's peers are suggesting that he should give up and accept his impending doom because in their estimation, the situation is too bleak and too far gone. And so David, while in the middle of all of this, sits down and David writes these words, 
words, Lord, how are they that are increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. When Jeremiah the prophet had his world seemingly turned upside down, and when this man Jeremiah found himself unexpectedly hurled into the perplexities of life, and when this man Jeremiah found out that even his friends had turned their back against him and were plotting his downfall, when even this prophet, this man Jeremiah, felt like God himself had been unfair to him, Jeremiah, through his own bitter experiences of life, wished that he would have never been born. The Bible says that Jeremiah looks at all of his heartaches and all of the setbacks life is unexpectedly thrown in his direction. And that man Jeremiah asked this question, Wherefore came I forth out of my mother's womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame? Ladies and gentlemen, you know what Jeremiah was literally asking? He was literally looking at all of his problems and in response to his problems he turns to the Lord and says God why was I even born because my life has been filled with nothing but trouble ladies and gentlemen look at it very carefully with me this afternoon I quickly shared with you three individuals from the word of the Lord Job, David and Jeremiah three individuals who found themselves living in something that nobody in this room wants to find themselves living in while the circumstances of each man differed the common denominator in every story the very theme in those men's life was that one word which is trouble every one of those men Job, David and Jeremiah found themselves living in this thing called trouble the Bible says that Job looked around and as he observed the calamity that had befallen him he come to the conclusion that my life is full of trouble David surveys the situation at hand and said, I am surrounded by this thing called trouble. Even Jeremiah the prophet recognizes his predicament and said, I resent the day that I was born because trouble has been with me from the moment that I took my first breath. Trouble, it is a word, ladies and gentlemen, that none of us in this room likes to hear. And it's a word that none of us likes to use because here's the reality. That word trouble brings negative connotations to our mind when we use that word trouble because here's the reality we never use the word trouble in a positive way whether it's us looking at somebody else's life and saying they're in trouble or it's us looking at our own life and realizing that I am in trouble can I tell you that trouble is a word that nobody likes to say or hear because it denotes the distress and adversity that comes when you find yourself in trouble. Can I tell this congregation on the last Sunday of the year that this very word trouble prompts all of us to think about the present pressing problems that we are facing at that moment. You see trouble is a word we often use in conjunction with trials, tribulation, and trauma. It is a word in our vocabulary that carries a stigma of misfortune, inconvenience, and unhappiness. You see it's in those moments of trouble in your life and in my life that remind us of the troubles that Job encountered. It reminds us of the troubles that David and Jeremiah and countless others in your Bible encountered. You see the very thought of this word trouble is dreadful because it brings disturbance and confusion. It is within those moments of trouble when we find ourselves grieving 
and we find ourselves discouraged. Can I tell you when trouble comes, it's in those moments when we feel overwhelmed. It is in those moments when we feel weary, defeated, and oppressed. If you and I were to be honest, when trouble shows up, it's in those moments when we feel isolated and even abandoned by God Himself. Because here's the reality. When you find yourself in trouble... There is a whirlwind of emotions that come when you find yourself living in this thing called trouble. And listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you that yes, we understand that when somebody uses that word trouble, it is always carried a negative meaning. And while I know even most of the time when we quote a verse in the Bible that has the word trouble in it, it's always a negative, uh, discouraging verse. But I haven't come to this pulpit on the last Sunday of the year to be discouraging. I have not come with the word to defeat but I've come on this last Sunday of the year to tell somebody I've come with good news to tell somebody that while you may be in trouble I've got good news to tell you you may be in this house today and your home may be in trouble your marriage may be in trouble your finances or your health may be in trouble I don't know what your needs are today it may be physical spiritual emotional or financial but I've come to tell somebody that if you're in trouble I've got good news to tell you that God is in trouble. And because God is in trouble, it's time to be encouraged. And it's time to be uplifted. Because while troubles surround us, and while I find myself in trouble, come to inform you that God is in trouble also. Now, you may ask the question right now, and I saw some of your faces when I gave my title he better explain this one very quick. Because again, when we say that word trouble, brother Moore, we automatically think of something bad. We automatically have a negative outlook on that situation. And when I make the statement, God is in trouble, it sounds like I'm saying God's power's in trouble. Sounds like I'm saying God's anointing's in trouble. It sounds like I'm saying God's ability and God's authority is in trouble because we always use trouble in a negative way. We always quote verses in the Bible with the word trouble in it to mean something bad. But I've come to tell this congregation that there is a verse in your Bible that lets us understand that just because I'm in trouble doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. I've come to do my best this afternoon to tell somebody somebody uh, that when trouble comes uh, and when trouble shows up uh, it's time to be encouraged uh, because even though you're in trouble uh, there's something else in that trouble with you when trouble comes can I tell you never have to face trouble by yourself it is found in Psalm chapter 46 When you begin to look at the 46th division or the 46th psalm in the book of Psalms, and when you begin to diagnose and you begin to study that very psalm, you would be quick to realize that it was one of the 11 songs that were written by the sons of Korah. And they wrote Psalm 46 as a result of David defeating the enemies of Israel and eradicating all of those people out of their lands. And the Bible says the sons of Korah begin that psalm by telling us that God 
God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. And they said because God is a present help in trouble, they said we will not fear. Though the earth may be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters may roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof, they said we will not fear because God is our refuge and God is our strength. But here it is. They said God is a present help when trouble shows up. The sons of Korah use this one word that appears multiple times in that book. They use that word Selah, which literally means to stop what you're doing. Stop preaching, stop talking, and stop singing. And I want you to think about what you just said. Think about what you just sung. Think about what you just declared. And it's in that moment when you begin to think that God is a present up in trouble, something begins to happen and your spirit begins to be uplifted because it's in that moment you realize that while I may be in trouble, I'm not in trouble by myself. And I've come to tell somebody on the last Sunday of the year. You've been through some trouble. You've been through some trials. But there's somebody with you every step of the way. The sons of Korah make the declaration that when trouble comes, something else comes with that trouble. It's amazing that another translation of that verse literally means that God is a present help in the times of trouble. And I've come to tell somebody in this room that if it feels like trouble is on every turn that you make, if it feels like trouble has surrounded you, if it feels like you've been positioned right in the middle of trouble, it's time to rejoice and it's time to have a Selah moment because you need to be reminded that just because I'm in trouble doesn't mean I'm in trouble alone. But God is in trouble and that's why trouble can be looked at in a power positive way because while I don't want trouble to come there's not a person in this house who wakes up on Monday mornings and say God send me some more trouble (laughs) I don't wake up on Mondays and say Lord that was a pretty easy week why don't you send some trouble to make up for it I don't leave a revival and say man we have a lot of people get the Holy Ghost and I didn't fight one devil Send some more devils this week to make up for last week. I don't do it. I don't look for devils to fight. I don't look for battles to have to fight. I don't look for trials to show up. Listen, and while none of us wants more trouble, here's the reality. There's going to come days when trouble knocks on your door. In fact, there's going to come days when trouble knocks the door down. But understand what I'm preaching to you today. Just because trouble shows up, it doesn't mean I'm going to get discouraged. It doesn't mean I'm throwing in the towel and quitting the church. But when trouble shows up, I'm about to start looking around. Because if trouble's made in his appearance God's not too far away because when trouble comes God is coming with it he is a present help in the time of trouble the moment trouble shows up that's the same moment God shows up because the Bible says he is a present help in the time of trouble The very moment you need Him, He's there. 
And I don't know what that does for you this afternoon, but that encourages me to know that it's not going to take God a week to show up. It's not going to take God three days to show up. It's not going to take God, I wish somebody would get this right now, it's not going to take God a day to show up, but He is a present help. The moment I get the back diagnosis, He's there. The moment my family goes through a trial, He's there. The moment my world is turned upside down, He's there. How can you say it? It's because your God is a present help the moment trouble comes God comes with it I'm glad the Bible says he's a present help it doesn't say help's on the way it doesn't say help is coming now I know what it's like to call an ambulance and they'll say we'll get there when we can and we're on the way. But aren't you thankful you serve a God who doesn't say well when I get time I'll get there or I'm on my way. But your Bible says the moment you need Him He's a present help. The moment you need I wish somebody would get this right now. The moment you need His power His power's there. The moment you need anointing His anointing is there. Because when trouble comes God comes with it. It's amazing to know that that word present in the original Hebrew literally means that God is often found. He's very accessible. You want to know where you're going to find God? You're going to find Him in trouble. You want to know when God is going to make Himself accessible and available to us? It's when trouble comes. Because when trouble shows up, that's the moment God comes with it. Where can I find God? I'll tell you where you can find Him. You're going to find Him in trouble. You're going to find Him in setbacks. You're going to find Him in the midst of your trial. You're going to find Him in the midst of your problem. That's why all throughout those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when you begin to study the ministry of Jesus, you're able to realize that there are two words that appear numerous times in the Gospel. It's the word immediately, and it's the word suddenly. And they always accommodate the miraculous and the supernatural. Anytime Jesus showed up to do something, the word immediately or suddenly is always followed. That's why your Bible says immediately or suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts when Jesus was born. That's why the Bible says suddenly a light shone from heaven and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It's why the Bible says immediately the lepers were cleansed and immediately he received his sight and immediately her fever left and immediately virtue leaves his body. You want to know why those two words immediately and suddenly follow Jesus around? It's because when somebody had a need, God didn't look at him and say I'll get to you eventually but God said now I'm going to work immediately and suddenly it's because if you want to find out where God is you're always going to find him in trouble and we know what it's like to hear about boys that you want to find out where they are they're always in trouble it's the same way with God but a different context you want to know where God is he's always found where there's trouble. In the times of difficulty, in those times of sorrow, 
in those times of setbacks and in those times of hurt and, unbro- and brokenness, uh, in times of betrayal, in times where there's more questions than answers, uh, when in those times where there's more lost way than there is a clear path, uh, can I tell you it's in those moments uh, that's where you're going to find God. But the more all of my life I've always heard people ask the question, uh, well, where is God when trouble comes? Where can I find Him? I'll be honest. That's a question I've asked God myself a few times in my life. God, where are you? It reminds me of the words of Job. Because Job tells us in Job chapter 23, Oh, that I might know where I could find Him. Job said, Behold, I go forward, but He's not there. And I go backward, but I cannot perceive Him. On the left hand where He doth work, but I cannot behold Him. He hideth Himself on the right hand that I cannot see Him. And I've heard so many people wonder the same thing that Job wondered. In fact, there's been seasons of my life that I wondered the same thing. God, where are you? I go forward, but I can't find you. I go backward, but you're not there. On the left and the right hand, I can't find you. Until a a few weeks ago, Brother Moore, I began to ask myself the question, where is God at? Is there a place in that Bible? Are there places in that Bible that show us where you can find Him? Now, I know the Bible says He's omnipresent, meaning God fills all time and space. God is so powerful that He's in time, but He's eternal, meaning He's outside of time. That's why time means nothing to God. That's why Mary and Martha waited four days, but God says, you haven't waited according to my time scale because I'm eternal. Lazarus was already walking out of the tomb in the mind of God. They just had to get there. Because God's in time, but He's also outside of time. But is there there a place or are there places in that Bible that show us God going with an intent? Are there places in that Bible that show us, if you want to know where God is, not just filling time and space, but are there places in that Bible that show us God saying, I'm going to this location with an intent and with a purpose? I began to look at that a few weeks ago, and I found that there are three places in that Bible that show us God doesn't just go there because He's omnipresent, meaning He's just there because He fills all time and space. But there are three places in that Bible that show us God saying, I'm going to that place for a purpose and for a reason. The first place that you're going to find God is in Psalm chapter 22 and verse number 3. And we apostolics, we quote this verse all the time, but hear me well. It's when the Bible says, But thou, speaking of God, art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And we understand that David is telling us that our praise literally becomes the throne that God sits on and works off of. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know where God goes with intent, if you want to know what gets God's attention, if you want to know where God is going to show up. He's going to show up where there's people that are giving Him praise. Because David said, my praise becomes His habitation. It's your praise that becomes the throne for God to sit on. Can I tell you, that's why we push and that's why we promote praise like we do. Especially in the apostolic church and there's other denominations catching on. 
Because you've got a promise in that book that says you may not understand everything. You may not understand doctrine. You may not understand what that church preaches and teaches. But God says if you want to get my attention, if you want me to come there with a purpose, just give me praise. And I promise you if you begin to praise me, that praise is going to become the throne that I sit on. And if you need me to work, it's your praise that gets God's attention. And I've come to tell you that's why we praise. And that's why we lift our hands and that's why we dance and that's why we shout because if you want to find out where God is you're going to find him where there's praise going on the first place God says I'm going with a purpose is God says I'm going where there's praise but there is a second place you're going to find him this place is found in Matthew chapter 18 And again, it's a verse that we love to quote, but I think we really miss the concept of what God is trying to tell us. It's when Jesus says, for two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And I know this is a verse that a lot of churches use as a crutch on a Wednesday night when they've got more people absent than present. We can just get two or three in the house. we got to promise God's going to be there. But can I tell you, that's not really what Jesus was saying. Because Jesus is saying, I'm not saying if I can get two or three bodies in that church, I'm going to be there. Because I've come to learn, Brother Moore, that we can come together, but not be together. We can be together in body and in number in this building right now, but not together mind, body, and spirit. It's possible to come together in numerical order, come together with a number, a hundred people here at one time, but at the same time, this one's thinking about that, and that one's thinking about work next week, and that one's thinking about what so-and-so said about them. It's possible to be together, but not be together. It's not a verse talking about numbers. It's a verse talking about unity. And Jesus is saying, you can have 500 people in my house and I won't be nowhere close to that house. But if you get two or three that are gathered together, come together with the same mind and the same passion and the same desire that says there may only be a couple of us here, Brother Troy, but if we can get in the same mind, God's going to show up. If we can get in a spirit, I feel my Holy Ghost right now. If we can get a spirit of unity moving among us, God says you may have two or you may have 2,000. It doesn't matter. God just says if you'll just come together in unity. You know, that's what got God's attention at the Tower of Babel. Let me go down there and see what they're doing because the Bible says, God said they speak the same language and they're of the same mind. I know their passion was wrong. Let us make a name for ourselves. Let's build a tower up to the heaven. Their passion was wrong, but their spirit of unity was so strong it got God's attention. God said, I got to go down here and find out what's going on. Because if you want to find out where God shows up, You're not just going to find him where there's praise. You're going to find him where there's unity. And what Jesus was meaning was there was a custom in that day. There was a saying in that day that rabbis had a saying that if two people sat at a table and discussed the law of God together in unity, they believed that the Shekinah glory of God would fall on that table because they discussed God's law together in unity. 
And that's what Jesus was pulling from when he said, where two or three come together in my name. He was simply telling us that you can come together but not be together. But God was trying to let us know that there's nothing more powerful on this planet than a unified body of believers that come on a Sunday and a Wednesday that say, you know, we've had a tough week. We've had some things not go our way. We've got some misunderstandings. We've got different preferences. I like things that they don't like. But something happens when we come together and we set aside our differences and we set aside our preferences and we say you know what we've got the same spirit we've got the same blood and we want to move of the Holy Ghost and God says if you'll give me praise I'm there and if you're unified I'll be there but there is another place you're going to find him and it's what the sons of Korah were trying to tell us in Psalm 46 when he said that God is our refuge and our strength. God is a present help in the time of trouble. And brother more, I've always heard people ask the question, where is God in the times of trouble? I've come to answer that question today. You want to know where God is when trouble comes? He's in the trouble with you. Because you're not just going to find Him where there's praise. And you're not just going to find Him where there's unity. But you're going to find Him when trouble shows up. Do you understand this was a principle? This was a concept that was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was ever born. When he said, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you're going to call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. And I'm thankful God isn't just with us when we're on top of the mountain. But aren't you thankful Emmanuel doesn't change whether you're on the mountain or in the valley? Aren't you thankful that God is with you in that valley just like He is with you on the mountain? Aren't you thankful that Emmanuel is with you in the bad times just as much as He's with you in the good times? Aren't you thankful that He's with you in the storm just as much as He's with you when the sun is shining? I'm telling somebody God's presence isn't dictated by your circumstance because He's Emmanuel. God is with us. And I've come to encourage somebody today and tell you just because you feel alone and just because you feel by yourself you need to be reminded that God is with you because he is a present help you're always going to find him when trouble comes that's why the psalmist tells us that I may be going through the valley of the shadow of death but I will fear no evil why aren't you afraid he said, because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That rod gives me protection. And that staff gives me direction. And just because I'm going through a valley of the shadow of death, just because there's fear around me, just because there's uncertainties in front of me, just because I'm going through a dark time in my life, David got a revelation that I'm not going to fear because there's somebody with me greater than what's working against me. Do you understand? The four Hebrew boys were cast in the fiery furnace, but the fourth man never showed up. Up until they went in the fiery furnace. The fourth man didn't make his appearance before the furnace. He didn't show up after the furnace. The fourth man appeared in the fiery furnace. 
Because if you want to find out where God is, you're going to find Him in the middle of your trouble. That's what Daniel realized when he was cast into that den of lions. Because the king did not sleep all night, he tossed and turned. And when the sun came up, he looked down in that den and said, Are you alive, Daniel? And Daniel raised his head and says, Live forever, O king. Because there was an angel that shut the mouth of a lion. I'm telling somebody in this house, you're serving a God who's with you in the trouble. He's accessible. He's he makes himself available when trouble shows up. The disciples found him in their storm. You've already alluded to it. The Bible said they became afraid. They thought it was a spirit. But Peter says, I know who that is. I know exactly who. Lord, if that's you, bid me come on the water. They found him in the middle of the storm. Paul, you've been shipwrecked. You're going through a storm or you're rockleting. The boat, the ship's being torn to pieces. Paul stands up and says, I got a word from the Lord. It says no man's going to lose their life. How can you say that, Paul? Paul said, there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord. Because I'm telling somebody in this house and I feel my Holy Ghost pushing me right now to tell somebody uh, that you've been looking around wondering where your help's coming from. Uh, you've been asking God, where are you? Uh, you've been asking God, when are you going to get here? Uh, I've come to remind you, He's been with you every step of the way. Uh, you've got a promise in God's Word uh, that said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, He'll be with you to the ends of the world uh, in the good times but also in the bad times. Uh, and I'm telling somebody, God isn't as far away as you think He is. Uh, he is as close as the mention of his name you ought to throw your hands up right now and just speak that name because of the mention of his name Oh, come on, why don't you just pray right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Come on, why don't you stand? I'm done preaching. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Come on, you ought to stand to your feet and lift your hands. And if you don't know what else to say, why don't you just speak the name? Because He's there the moment you speak. The more a couple weeks ago, the Lord began to deal with me about this service today. And God began to deal with me about this sermon to preach today. Little did I know. I'd get to live it before I got to preach it. I'll be honest. I shared a story here, I believe, a few years ago about Cade, my son being born seven months premature. And I think our seven weeks premature. And I think I shared with the fact that I began to deal with spirits and fight thoughts and begin to have these dreams of these adversaries telling me your son's going to die in this hospital. And I remember sitting in that hospital room Wednesday, the ICU room, after I'd gotten a phone call. Your wife had a, a very severe seizure. She's not waking up. And I remember sitting there in that chair, Brother Moore, sitting beside her. And all those emotions from 2018 began to flood back to my mind. It was like the adversary walked in my room and began to remind me of everything I felt in Le Bonner three years earlier. And those same thoughts began to come to my mind. You're going to lose your wife today in this hospital. I can't tell you the heaviness. I called my dad, began to talk to him, and I cannot, I cannot convey the heaviness that I felt in that moment. And all these thoughts and all these emotions are just, it's just like a tidal wave. I mean, it's up one day, a moment, and down the next. But all of a sudden, 
I just kind of shut that door and shut that curtain, and I got off in the corner by myself, Brother Troy. And I just began to talk to the Lord. The moment I opened my mouth and began to talk, it was like God stepped in that room. And he didn't have to do anything else, Brother Moore, because he just reminded me that there may be some trouble going on, but you don't have to face it by yourself. You see, that's the difference between people in the church and people outside the church. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. I tell people all the time, just because you live for God doesn't mean it's going to always be a bed of roses. I tell people when I go preaching, people get the Holy Ghost, I tell them first thing, all right, now, you need to establish the fact today. It's not always going to be this easy. What you feel right now, it'll be gone in a few days because the enemy's going to show up. Trials are going to show up. We are going to face just as much heartache in the church as people experience outside the church. And Brother Moore, that's why I cannot comprehend why people walk away when things happen. Because here's my point. I would rather go through the trouble with God with me than be out there and try to go through the trouble without Him with me. I'm sure, and I'm so far away from my notes, but here, I'm sure the ark was a terrible place to be, Brother Troy. You think about it. All those days, all those animals, all the smells, I'm sure it was not a very pleasant place to be. I'm sure it stunk. I'm sure it got crowded. I'm sure Noah and his wife and his boys, I'm sure they had a few attitudes from time to time with each other. It's cramped. It stinks. Blah, 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 blah. But they come to the realization it's better to deal with the stink in the ark than to deal with the storm outside the ark. Because I promise you, when God shut that door and the rain began to fall, every person outside the ark would have given everything to smell the smell that they smelled than to deal with the storm that they were dealing with. My point is very simple. Things are going to happen to all of us. Life is fair in the sense that it's unfair to everybody but I would rather go through troubles with God with me than try to go through troubles without God. And when he stepped in that room, I felt his presence as strong as I've ever felt it in my life. And all I could do is just sit there, couldn't say a word. And I just sat there 30, 45 minutes in God's presence. And after that little prayer meeting, I got a new little vigor in my step because I realized whatever happens today or whatever happens tomorrow, whatever happens on January 5th when we go to the neurologist, everything's going to be all right. You want to know why I can say that? It's because I don't have to face it by myself. But you've got, I've got a promise and you've got a promise in God word that he's with you he is a present help if you want to know where God is he's in your trial and he's in your struggle that's where you're going to find him and I'm done we always we always say the word trouble when we quote verses we always use Job's verse man that is born a woman few days and full of trouble it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight. But you know what? That same man, Brother Moore, that said life, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble, he's the same man who turned around 
and said, but salvation is of the righteous. He is their strength in the time of trouble. You know what David said? My life is surrounded by trouble. David was also the same man that turned around later on and wrote, for in the time of trouble, He's going to hide me in his pavilion. I know Jeremiah said that I wish I was never born because I've had trouble with me ever since I was born. But you know what? Jeremiah learned a few lessons in that trouble. And Jeremiah turned around and said, But he shall call upon me, saith the Lord, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Yes, those men said that trouble's around me. And yes, those men said that I'm in the middle of trouble. But just a few verses later, they come to the understanding that just because trouble's here it doesn't mean I've got to face the trouble by myself and they learned something in their trouble that they would have never learned unless trouble came what good would it be to say we serve a God who's only with us in the good times but he leaves us in the bad times they come to the revelation that man that is born of woman may be full of trouble And my life may be surrounded by trouble, David. And Jeremiah, you may have had trouble ever since the moment you were born. But they all come to the same revelation. He's with me in my trouble. And I've come to tell everybody in this room, that's why you can make it. That's why you can come out on the other side. That's why you can go into 2022 rejoicing and shouting the victory. Not because you're trouble-free but because somebody that is greater than you is with you in that trouble. Why don't you lift your hands all over this house right now? (laughs) Come on, as your hands are lifted, why don't you just begin to call on the Lord right now? They would like to come to the piano, they can. There's a story in the Gospels. It's always intrigued me, and I'm done. There's a story in the Gospels, Brother Moore, that's always intrigued me. The Bible speaks of a pool at Bethesda. And people who were blind, crippled, and withered, they would be brought to that pool. It wasn't people that had it all together that came to the pool. They were blind, crippled, and withered, meaning they had some trouble going on. They came to that pool for one reason. Because at a certain season, the angel would go down and he would... Somebody said it. That angel would trouble that water. And whoever stepped in that water first received their miracle. Whoever stepped in the trouble, that's who the angel met. I'm sure whoever it was that got in that pool, and that water was troubled, splashing back and forth, going in a circular motion. I'm not sure exactly how the water was troubled. But that word trouble literally means it was disturbed. It was chaotic. There was a scene going on in that pool. And I'm sure when people got in that water, they began to look around and said, man, it's pretty chaotic in this pool. There's a lot of trouble going on in this pool. 
Can I tell you, it was right in the middle of that trouble place that the angel came and gave them their miracle. Because sometimes we won't receive our miracle when the trouble stops. Sometimes we receive our miracle right in the middle of our trouble. There's people in this house today, you're, you're troubled. Even Paul said we're troubled on every side. I think there could be some people in this house that say, you know, I, I, I've experienced that in 2021, even 2020. feels like there's trouble on every side. But I've just been sent by the Lord to remind people in this room that you don't have to look far to find Him when trouble comes. Because the God that you serve is a present help, meaning He's always found in those troubled places. They're about to lead us in a song, play whatever they feel to do this afternoon. And I wonder if there's people in this house today, if you just need the Lord to just reassure you that He's with you. I think there's some people in this house, you just need to be reminded that God's going to walk with you into 2022. He's going to be with you every step of the way, just like He was this year and the year before. Come on, why don't we step out right now and just come around this front and lift our hands. Man, I feel a spirit of encouragement in this house for somebody to grab a hold of. Come on, there's a strength in this house that God says you can have if you'll just reach up and grab it. Oh, you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you've been abandoned, but I've come to remind you God's with you every step of the way. Come on, why don't you allow God to make Himself known right now in the middle of whatever it is you need. Come on, as they begin to sing, lift your hands and let the Spirit of the Lord encourage you today. Let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you right now. You're going to find Him in praise. You're going to find Him in unity, but you're going to find Him in your trouble. Come on, somebody love the Holy Ghost to pray through you right now. I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. I'll praise you in this storm And I will lift my hands For you are who you are No matter who I am And every tear I cry Lord you hold in your hand You never left my side Though my heart is torn I will praise you in I'll praise you in this storm I'm gonna lift my hands Lord, cause you know who you are No matter where I am You know have a tear I cry You hold You've never left me even when my heart is sore, oh, I'm gonna praise you. I will praise you in this storm. I 
remember when I stumbled in the wind I heard your cry raise me up again my strength was almost gone you know I, how could I carry on if I can't find you but as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain you're saying I'm with you oh and as your mercy falls I'm gonna keep lifting my hands I'm gonna keep praising you Lord oh hallelujah I'll praise you in this storm And I'm going to keep lifting my hands Oh, you are You know it was no matter where And every tear I've cried You hold them all in your hand You've never left my side Oh, though my heart is gone I'm going to keep praising you in my storm I'll praise you in this Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes unto the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Oh, I live. I lift my eyes Oh, I'm going to live. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He's the maker. You know that's where my help comes from. My help comes from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I live. I'm gonna keep lifting my hands. I'm gonna lift my eyes. Oh, yeah, the Maker. I live. I lift my eyes unto the You know where our help comes from. Yeah. Even when I'm in this storm, hallelujah. I live, I live my eyes. Oh, I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna destroy the foundation, Lord. Cause you are who you are, Lord. No matter how many times I've dropped the ball, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, you've never left me, Lord.
help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes into the You know where our help comes from. Oh, my help comes from the Lord, the maker. I'm going to keep lifting my hands. I'm going to lift my eyes. Hallelujah. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. I'm not looking back. Hallelujah. I lift my eyes. He's who I put my trust in. I know when I call his name, he's listening. He's going to respond. Hallelujah. Oh, I live. Oh, hallelujah. When I'm in trouble, he's there with me. Hallelujah. Because when the next storm comes, Lord, you're going to be with me, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, you're holding my hand, Lord. Oh, I'm going to praise you. To my hand, cause you are who you are. You're never changing, hallelujah. Oh, and never change. Oh, hallelujah. You never left my side, though my heart is gone. I'll praise you in the What an attitude and a spirit to have to go into 22. We're going to praise you in the storm. We're going to find you in the storm. Because the word of God says you're a very present help in the storm, in the troubled times. Hallelujah. We know you are there in the midst of them with us. I'm glad we don't have to run this thing by ourselves. How about you? God bless you today. What a beautiful, powerful message for us to hear today, this afternoon, to plant it in our hearts our minds and spirits and as you well know brother Sanford's actually living this out as well as preaching it and we're going to bind with him for January the 5th amen God's hand amen and God's will is going to be unfolded and we're going to praise him in the storm amen because we know who's going to get us out of the storm it doesn't matter the size of the storm it doesn't matter when it's come when it goes we know who's the master of it and anytime he gets ready he can step out on the bow of our vessel and say let there be peace Thank God for a God like that today. Love you today. Appreciate you. Let me say again thanks to each one of you. Uh, the programs, uh, all that took place, the gifts and everything. Amen. The last few days and weeks, we thank you from the depths of our heart. We will be having service Wednesday night. And then uh, unless the Lord just changes our mind, we're going to come back Friday night about 10 o'clock or so. We'll close out the year with foot washing and taking communion and Things like that. Amen. Pray out the old year and new year in. Amen. So just excited about this, what we're doing for God. Amen. I'd hate to live this life without God. How about you? 
the revelation, the understanding, the experiences we've had in Jesus Christ and in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you what, I'd be worth some of them other folks. If it wasn't for God, I'm telling you right now. Man, that's what they're looking for. Looking for something to sustain them, help them. Amen. Build their lives on for things, you know, that just won't do it. But thank God we do. Through Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost that's going to be with us and healing our bodies, touching our minds. Hallelujah. I thought when he made mention of her, you know what? God promised us the spirit of a sound mind, a healthy mind. And that's what we're believing for. Love you today. Appreciate you. God bless you. We'll let you be dismissed in the fear of the Lord. We'll see you Wednesday night, if not before. God bless you.